Hello, and welcome to another episode of Scavengers Hunt. It's a show where uh, different hosts from the Scavengers Network get together and do something to you. <laughs> uh, my name's Max. I'm Aaron. And I am Morgan. How's it going, everybody? It's it's going just flawlessly. Just so stellar. I'm having a really good I've day. I've never had such a perfect recording situation i know ever. everything's really Same. good and we're all happy um and yeah we're here to tell you about <laughs> we so usually scavengers hunt tracy reads questions from the darkness from wherever darkness she is inhabiting but we don't have that that's not what's happening today because all, because today. this is a variety show yeah. it is we and gotta, so we're, we're today we're bringing the variety mm-hmm. we have something different to do Yep. And it has to do with uh, black magic and, and, you know, witch stuff. So prepare yourself. Oh, yeah. Today, the day of recording, Winter Solstice 2019. That's right. Didn't even think about Uh it. Not when it comes out, but when we're recording. So, like, magic is in the air right now. Uh Uh-huh. Perfect. I love it. So we found out that all three of us are interested in uh, tarot cards and, like, divination kind of things. Yeah. Yeah, I um I've always been interested in well when I when I was a kid it started with Wicca and then it was oh, just yeah, kind yeah. of like pagan practices all in general. And um I've just always kind of studied, you know, magic, I guess, for lack of a better term, right? And sure. um tarot was something that I was always interested in, but have never really been able to get the hang of as far as magical practices go. I don't think divination is my thing, but it doesn't stop me <laughs> from buying the pretty cards. They're, they're so, so gorgeous. Kind of same. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah so, I don't really have any solid belief in like that that there's literal magic going on in tarot cards but they're super cool to look at and oftentimes when you're like doing a reading with somebody you know you get to know them a little bit it's a nice way to like you know, have a connection with somebody right yeah. and it's kind of like um i mean i don't know about yeah like magic i don't fucking know but there is like each card has a meaning, right? And so when we read into those meanings, it can give us a different perspective mm-hmm. on the answers that we're looking for, or the questions that we're asking. And yeah. I think that that's what's like important about it. And like, that's what the magic is, yes. so to speak, yeah. is just that, you know, these, these are a tool for you to look at your queries in a different way than you perhaps would have. And so that's how I do find that it serves me because even with the decks I do have, I'll just draw every once in a while, I'll just draw one card and I'll look up what it means. And then I'll just be like, okay, well, that's just like what I'm going to think about this week or something, you know? So I did a workshop over the summer that was really interesting. It was, uh, it was a writing workshop and it was tarot for writing and the, it was really cool. The way it worked, she brought, um, the woman running the workshop brought three different decks and I don't remember which ones they were. They were not ones I was familiar with, but she brought three like wildly different looking decks and like gave us this little, you know, kind of workshop in, If you're struggling with, you know, working on a scene or trying to figure out a character's motivation or, you know, anything you're struggling with, you draw a card and then you look at that card, not necessarily just what the card means within the tarot, but like look at the picture on it and see what jumps out at you Mm -hmm, and what mm -hmm. that means to you in relation to the piece that you're working on. And so she did a bunch of exercises with us where she would have us like look at the card from 
like the same card from each deck and see which one appealed to us more and why. And then she had us draw some cards from specific decks, like whichever deck seemed to be the most appealing to us. She would have us draw a card from that deck and talk about, you know, how we thought that card um, related to the problem that we were having with our work in progress. And it was really interesting. Um, I have not actually utilized any of that since then, but it did like help me figure out um, kind of a workaround for a problem that I was having with the piece that I was working on at that point. So yeah, that was really cool. That's not how I came into tarot. I came into tarot um, back like right after college. Um, I was going through a really painful breakup and was at the bookstore and I saw a (laughs) Shakespeare tarot deck and I have, uh, my whole background is in like theater. And so I was like, well, I love, yeah. And I was like, I love this. But then I was like, I don't know anything about tarot, so I'm not going to buy it. And then the next day I went back and I did buy it because I couldn't stop thinking about it. Um, But it turns (laughs) out that that deck was not actually normal tarot. That was a it was the Shakespeare Oracle deck. And so, yeah. And Morgan, I know you said that, you know, about Oracle decks. And so you can tell me what that means at some point. Right. So Oracle decks, the for more or less, they serve the same purpose as tarot. It's a way of divination using cards, right? right? And each card has a certain image on it. So an oracle deck is basically just another way to do that. But the, the reason why you don't call it tarot and why it is not tarot is because a tarot deck has... Oh, God, I'm going to get the number wrong. Max, is it 72 cards? I think so. That sounds right. Okay. 52. It no, has 72. No, it's not because it has the, the major arcana yeah. and that makes it more than 52. Anyway, so it has a certain number of cards and each tarot deck, regardless of what the theme is, has the major arcana, which are like the ones, the famous ones where it's like death, the hangman, tower, the magician. And then it also has the four suits, which are swords, staffs, pentacles, or coins and cups. Um, now, oracle decks have none of that. So, a Shakespeare oracle deck. What I would Shakespeare imagine. Oracle, would no, be, Shakespeare oracle deck definitely has all of that. Oh. So it's just a normal tarot, a tarot deck, deck, but it's called yeah. the Shakespeare oracle deck. Well, that's that's dumb then. Yeah. So normally, <laughs> an oracle deck, at least the ones that I have experienced, would be like a bunch of different animals and eat, and there's a book that goes with it and it says if you draw this animal like this is what it means or whatever oh. you know and so you oh. can pull something and and say oh i drew a beaver that's the first thing i thought of but um, <laughs> of course it is <laughs> you know and then you're like yeah i know and then you're like well what can i learn you know from this beaver can and, i tell you this um, is the second episode in a row where beaver has come up in terms of like really? animals yes animal? last week yeah last week when we were logged into the google doc it was showing me as being an anonymous beaver what mm. yes so this is maybe that's just, where i got it from oh, man. like subconsciously maybe. since i listened oh yeah because you were listening today. earlier i bet that's what it oh, is it's se- 78 cards oh okay you were so, so close so you know yeah, it's 52 uh, because of something, and then 26. 52 is a normal card deck. Yeah, so 52 is the four suits. Yeah. So cups, uh, staffs, uh, or cups, wands, coins, and what's well, the other one? Swords. Floppy disks. And then there's, right, floppy disk. And then the 22 <laughs> major arcana, suit. and then the 14 minor arcana. So, um there's that yeah and uh regular playing cards today are based on uh on those four decks 
because these yeah, used to exactly. these motherfuckers used to just be playing cards. Like the the funniest right. thing, I I almost did a podcast about the tarot, and so I did like a lot of research on the history of it. And the funniest thing is that this. It, I guess it's not funny depending on your perspective, but like literally when trade started happening between Europe and Asia, all of the people in like Italy and England and France were like, we got these cards from China. They must be mystical. I bet <laughs> yeah, you, that's like so fucked. I bet you anything these <laughs> wow. can tell the future. And then they started using them to tell the future, but literally they were playing right. cards. Yeah, no, but yeah, it's all it's it's all the same. It's all based on playing cards, basically. And so there are divination practices where people just use decks of playing cards to <laughs> cool. to do it, you know. And yeah, and it was kind of funny because I went traveling over the over Thanksgiving, and we were really bored on the plane. So I I did. I read my brother and sister's fortunes Aww. with his playing cards. Wow. And I was just making shit up, but you know, well, like sure. it was good. I was like, oh, the, the the nine, you know, like that's three of three, so it's like a super auspicious number or whatever, and so. You know, I, I pulled it all out of my butt. That's the kind of ass pulling I, shit that like you can that, you know, a seasoned professional fortune teller would be giving you, you know. Right. Well, and so that's another thing, like, Aaron, when you were talking about your writer's workshop, like um, just kind of looking at the pictures and whatever, that's something that they say, like, even if you haven't studied the meanings behind the cards, mm-hmm. like a good practice to do is just pull a card mm-hmm. and look at just the look picture at and figure out like what what you're just feeling from that and what you can read off of that. And so that is a good way to, you know, either bullshit or learn something is by just looking (laughs) at the picture and being like, well, I see this in the picture and this can mean that and whatever. And so it's, it's kind of a study of symbology. And so yeah, if you use like symbology that you already know, like then you can apply that to the tarot and you're not necessarily going to be wrong you know that's something that's interesting between so i have three different decks and the shakespeare one that i got first the the major arcana is uh, the major arcana and the minor arcana are the only ones that have pictures on them the and each card corresponds with a character from shakespeare who quote unquote like lines up with that card and i think that's i think that's part of why i don't like I've had a hard time kind of grasping the meanings is because this is how I learned it. And I feel like some of them, they were really kind of pulling it, like stretching a little bit. Yeah. They were stretching it (laughs) quite a bit. And also there are multiple characters in Shakespeare who are named the same thing. So there's one named uh, (laughs) Helena who is in Midsummer Night's Dream. And I know that play very well. And so for the longest time, I thought that whatever card was assigned to Helena was talking about that Helena. And I only, only this summer realized they were talking about a different character in a much lesser known work. But that means that I, I basically learned that card wrong uh, like years ago. And so I've had to retrain my brain. Um, but then all of the non arcana cards, just have like a picture of whatever the suit is and like this little scrolly thing that has a quote from Shakespeare that is tangentially related to whatever. Yeah. It's (laughs) like, it's hard. There's no imagery on them. And so I've got, um, I, my favorite deck that I have is the gilded tarot. That is just like a super normal tarot deck and the pictures are really pretty and they make sense with what it's supposed to be. Oh, I'm looking at this Um, right now. It is pretty. It's really pretty and it's very simple and I got it with like an easy tarot handbook. It came as like a set and oh. it really is a very good beginner's kit. But then at the same time, I also bought one called Tarot de, Lo, uh, tarot de la Nuit 
and Ooh, I bought it night. because Sexy. it's gorgeous. It is the most useless deck I own. Oh. It's really, really pretty, but none of the pictures mean oh, anything at all to this me. This is very, like, I'm 13 at a Hot Topic. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, my God. I'm yes. looking at I'm up. not digging. Like, I love that aesthetic. I think that's great. I'm not saying that to like as a dig on it, but that's exactly what this is. It is exactly what it looks like. And the pictures, like, the artwork is really pretty, but oh, every single one of them it, I mean, exactly what you said. They look like they should be like greeting cards that you buy at Hot Topic for like your like your different <laughs> friends who have different like goth and witchy aesthetics. So like yeah. there's like the moon the- witch and there's the something at like the sun witch, but none of them actually look any. It, they're just pretty pictures. Yeah, that so, is funny. Yeah, how fun. So I own several decks and it's funny i own two so the most like classic one is the rider weight tarot yep. mm-hmm. and that's like the classic art that you see the most it's really popular so i actually have two rider weight decks one that is a normal size and one that is jumbo oh, oh. Lucky <laughs> you. just really big cards i want one I of those where they yeah, I don't know. I, I've just had it for a long time. I don't know where they came from. And then I have this one deck that is like my my special deck that I actually picked out and bought with intention that I don't remember what it's called at this point, but it's it's just like a French Renaissance inspired art. Oh, here it is. Actually, it's called the Renaissance Tarot deck. Oh, hmm. uh-huh. looks like I did keep that. Um, it's just beautiful. I really like it. And then oh, wow. um I also have, because this is my brand, a deck called Sex Fortunes that are <laughs> sex yeah, position dude. tarot cards. I love yeah, that. So I saw those at, at my job. I work at a sex shop and that I had to buy them because they're different sex positions for each card. Like, of course, I'm buying that. So I love that. So uh, can you tell me, do, yeah. you, do you know off the dome what, like, just say uh, the, the star? That's my is. favorite card. Me too. It um, is actually, I think it's, I mean, I, can, I have the deck with me right now. Let's see so if it's also my favorite position. But um, I, if I remember correctly, because I know I was looking at it, I believe it is someone laying spread eagle and someone else doing like a missionary type thing on top of them, okay, making a right. star with your bodies. Oh, okay. that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Hold on. Let me find it. I'm looking. It's no butter churner, but you know, it'll, no. it'll do. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. So the star, and so the the it's a man and a woman, and the woman is laying on her back with her legs spread apart and her arms spread apart, much how <laughs> like you would a make a fish. snow angel. Yeah. yeah. And then the man is laying on top of her, presumably penetrating <laughs> okay, her. And then I feel like they're phoning this one in a little are, bit. Oh, probably. I mean, I feel like a lot of this deck is phoned in, but I'm not <laughs> mad about it. Like <laughs> it's like just it kind of funny like a, to me. It sounds like a um, good deck. No, they're definitely making a star shape with their bodies. That's true. So. Yeah, I can't I deny it. that. Yeah. Yeah. I have two so, tarot decks. Fun. Neither of them are as exciting as that. Um, <laughs> the one is the tote tarot, which is, if you've heard of the Rider Waite deck, you've probably already heard, also heard of the tote deck. They're like the two most well-known currently. Mm-hmm. Um, the mm-hmm. tote deck was painted by, I pulled her thing up, Lady Frida Harris, who is a mm-hmm. artist and later met Alistair Crowley and then he dictated a bunch of weird images and metaphors to her and she painted these cards. Oh, I don't cool, know how right? much involvement I feel like Crowley is stealing a little bit of her value there, but that's just my, I don't know that happened many times in the history of the tarot where a lady would paint a deck and then some dude would be like, mm-hmm. Oh, I made this. 
Yeah, that's happened a lot of times in the history of forever for like everything, everything. (laughs) just just Uh, just existence. Um, But it is really cool. All of the cards are super conceptual looking like the Rider Waite deck is the opposite where like it each image describes like a really specific situation. And you can you can tell exactly how you feel about that situation just looking at it. The tote deck is like the opposite. The, The art is very evocative, but it is also extremely abstract. And I feel like it does a really good job of getting across the message of the card. And it also names every minor arcana. So, like, I'm looking at oh, that's the, nice. the Four of Swords is called Truce in this one. And that's a card that's all about balance, like a, like a, a tense balance. Cool. And then I also I really like that. Uh, I also have a deck of uh, Homestuck tarot cards. Nice. From the webcomic Homestuck that I got for uh, for doing a Kickstarter backer. And that's really good. Well, it's just very good art. There's like lots of artists participated in it. And um, they're sort of more modeled after the Rider Waite set than anything because, you know, each it, it's very descriptive in its imagery. I love it. There's another deck that I lust after, for lack of a better term, because I someday will buy it and I just haven't yet, and it's called the Wild Unknown Tarot deck, and it just is beautiful like i see it all the time like on because i follow various like witchy blogs and stuff like that and and a lot of people have it it's a very popular deck these days it just has this kind of like sketchy artwork and then like um like the use of colors is really interesting in it as well and it's kind of just all like ink hand drawn Mm. and um it's just gorgeous so that's one to look up too yeah i'm looking at it now that's cool it has kind of a watercolor style yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it reminds bit, me. Like, it reminds me of like adult coloring books. Oh yeah, is yeah. what it makes me think of. <laughs> yeah, but like in, like in a good way, not in a cheesy yeah. way. Yeah, it's very much like today's aesthetic. Yeah, you know. Um, and another tarot, I don't know, tool. I think that I would bring up like if you can't afford a tarot deck is the Golden Thread Tarot mm, app, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which Max would know because when we hung out at PodCon, Max did a tarot reading for me using my app. That's what that's all it is. It's just a free app that you have a deck of tarot cards and you can pull readings from it and stuff. And so it's that's just a nice cool. way to kind of like learn it and log your readings. Yeah, it's just a it's a fun tool. So and uh, what I just learned is that this they actually sell printed copies of their, mm-hmm. their cards, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. When you told me cool. that Max had done a reading for you at PodCon, I didn't realize that it was an app on your phone. I thought they were just carrying cards around PodCon with them. I used to be that person. That's so I mystical. Yeah. Person, yes. <laughs> no, in reality, what happened was Max was wearing a t-shirt with a tarot card on it. I don't ah, remember which death. one. Death. Okay. And I, we started, so we started talking about that. And then somehow I kind of joked, I was like, well, do you want to do a reading right now? And I was yeah. like, I have cards in my phone. Let's do it, <laughs> and Max is like, yeah, sure. And I was like, seriously? And so, yeah. So then I pulled out my phone and Max did a really lovely single card reading. That's and it was cool. Amazing. I love it. Do you like making fun of really, really bad ghost hunting shows? There's one in particular we enjoy making fun of. It's called Ghost Adventures, and it includes things such as... Bad fashion sense. Grown men yelling at nothing. Outrageously large belt buckles. Too much hair gel. And unfortunately, a lot of really cringy, painful, and socially unaware stuff, too. I'm Cassie. And I'm Max. We're the hosts of Insanely Haunted, the show where we watch and review every episode of Ghost Adventures. Find Insanely Haunted for free wherever you get your podcasts. Let's talk about like the types of readings. Like, how do you do 
a reading? Like, what does that look like? There are so many different ways to, I mean, just like what you said, single card draws, that's just a way to really just sort of take a, a quick, just check the pulse, basically. Um, you can also do a three card draw and then just sort of analyze what's going on with that, with the particular picture painted by these three cards. And then there's like more technical like uh, spreads that you can throw out where you'll put a card down in a different position and each position represents something. Um, for example, I learned how to read tarot by learning how to read the, what they call the Celtic cross spread, which is where you I arrange the card. I aspire to read that one. Yeah. It, it looks so cool and there's just so many cards and it's, it's too much for me at this point. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only cool spread I know. Yeah. About. Same, <laughs> same here. There's tons of them. I have a book that has lots of uh, different spreads in them, but I've never bothered to learn any of the other ones. <laughs> nice. Well, that one has like, it's got what, like nine cards in it or something, 10 cards. And so Ten. it's Ten on the cards. back of my uh, tarot, my easy tarot, learn to read the cards once and for all kit. <laughs> I'm looking at the box right now and yeah, it's got 10. And like, I mean, I can't imagine that there are like, it seems like it's super comprehensive. Like what more could you possibly need than this uh -huh. one spread? If you're going to yeah. learn one, this is the one to learn. That's the one. And it also looks impressive. And if, if somebody doesn't know tarot, they'll be like, whoa. And if you're like yeah. good at cold reading people, then they'll be like, whoa, you know everything about me. Yep. Yeah. So explain cold reading. Well, What's, uh... it, most fortune telling I'm going to blow everybody's spot up. Most fortune telling is oh, just like, it, you know, reading facial expressions and body language and that kind of thing. And like, it's really easy to get people to tell you shit if they think mm -hmm. you're going to tell them the future. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like people will indicate what they want to hear. And if you say something that's relevant, then you'll know immediately and you can dial in on that and use what you know about them. If you're reading for a friend, you know, you can use, if you, you can use no, stuff that you understand, like, oh, maybe this person has a difficult relationship with their parents. So if a symbol of strife or, or a symbol of like, um, hierarchical power or anything like that comes up in the reading, you can be like, oh, is everything going okay with, are you doing all right? I mean, obviously you <laughs> wouldn't want to do that with somebody you didn't know well, or someone whose boundaries right. you didn't want to cross like that. Well, and that's how, you know, like fortune tellers and tarot and stuff kind of gets into this, like, I don't know, moral gray exactly. area because <laughs> people will take money from yes. you to cold read you and tell you things that are, you know, just, you know, cause you can say something about like, Oh, Aaron, I just, you know, I really sense that you are a very ambitious person, but sometimes you get overwhelmed by that ambition. Is that resonating <laughs> with you? N because this is, this is not a video call, so you can't read my body language. So I'm afraid that you missed the mark hard oh, on that damn. one, Morgan. I'm sorry. Oh, did I? <laughs> All right. So, um, so, you know, th things like that, where honestly, if I would have, if I would say that to anybody, yeah. like 90% of people are going to be like, oh my God. Yeah, it does. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I know. And then I'm like $10, please. <laughs> That's exactly why I don't like to, t I, I thought maybe at one point I could take money for doing tarot readings, but that's just i don't even like to do them for people without saying up front i don't believe this like this is not right. i'm not magic these aren't magic well and i know i do know some people that are highly involved with tarot and instead of calling themselves psychics the sort of trend now is to call yourself an intuitive oh my god <laughs> which brings a little bit more transparency without really blowing up your I know, but it still spot. sounds yeah, like something from saying, fucking star wars though 
oh, it's super is, but just it being does, like, yeah, I'm kind intuitive. Of like and so I intuit these things using the cards and whatever. And so like, so I don't know, it's just, it's interesting to kind of see how when times change, people are like, we want more transparency. And they're like, well, this is what you get. Yeah. <laughs> they're not wrong though, you yeah. know, yeah. like, but it's, it's just kind of a twisted way to say that, you know? I think one of the things that this is like getting at is we have this really interesting conversation right at the start of the show about symbolism. I mean, mm-hmm. this basically is just a, a way of understanding yourself. And I, I, there's something so cool about that because human beings just do that. We put symbols, we fucking put meaning in everything and yeah. like constantly, and we can't stop doing it. And it's just cool to feel like you're a little bit in control of that mental faculty that you have that is just always on and you can't really turn it off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, definitely. And I think that that's why, I don't know, I personally find a lot of helpfulness from tarot and other you know magical practices for personal use you know yeah so those things are something that really help me individually on an individual basis and um just because it helps me just kind of read into what's going on in my brain and stuff in ways that are more concrete and easy to put out and, and that's very helpful to me but but i think when it does get into that gray area is when you start doing that for other people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Max. I don't know that I necessarily quote unquote believe it, but I, I do agree, Morgan. Like for me, I find it kind of comforting. Like when I'm having one of those, you know, one of those periods where I just feel like I'm spinning out and I need something to grasp onto to like pull myself back in. I find that like, I'll sit down and just like flip through my tarot cards and like, you know, pull a card and read, you know, read the meaning, uh, read up on the meaning of it. And I find, I find that it makes me feel a little bit more grounded, makes me feel like I've got some kind of spiritual tether. Um, even if I don't necessarily believe in it, it, it's, it's, it's a nice thing to, to have to hold on to. Well, it's interesting the way you say you don't believe in it because it's like you kind of have to to define like what is it that you right. are believing right, or right, not right, believing right. in. Like, do do you believe these cards have magic powers? No, like, I, I, when no. I, yeah, I don't when think I, a lot of people do. Yeah, when I say I don't <laughs> but, believe in it, I mean, I don't think they're magical. I don't think they're necessarily telling me anything about the future or even about the present. The cards themselves are not. What they're doing is I can pull a card and I can read what it's you know, what that card's meaning is. And I can say, okay, how does this apply to my current situation? Right. And it kind, it kind of makes me feel less like I'm spinning out and kind of takes all of that, you know, like, wow, that's going on in my life. And I can kind of pull it back in and center it a little bit more and get myself feeling a little more like, okay, I can funnel all of this into like, this card means this, and I can take all of these things going on in my life and connect them to this. And it's more just an exercise in pulling all of the pieces of my brain back to one place. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it, there is a kind of magic, but it's happening inside your brain. It's not exactly. happening in the cards. There's like very cool mm-hmm. psychology going on inside your brain. That's exactly. Helping. And psychology is kind of magic. I mean, it's yeah, there's there's some stuff going on there. We invented all this weird stuff and words and who knows why, really? (laughs) For podcasts. So that's that's why we. Yeah, this is the pinnacle of human culture and society. This is what it was all leading (laughs) up to. (laughs) Podcasting. So, so do we want to, do we want to do a reading? I I would love that if Max Max is willing. Would you grace us? I wouldn't mind. Yeah. Um, Who wants, who's first? I was gonna say, how do we want to do this? I mean, I'm I'm good. Like Aaron, if you, I okay. So I feel like Aaron should get one. I've never <laughs> had anyone but me 
read my tarot cards. My cousin did once, but she had like the book in her hand, like she had just gotten her deck and had the book in her hand. And so it wasn't, it didn't feel like a real reading. It was more like she wanted somebody to like sit with her while she learned about the cards. For sure. For sure. So I would love to have a legit reading by somebody who knows something. Well, I am someone and I do know something, so I will, I'll fall on that sword for you. So, um, typically what I would do is if you were here with me, I would sit opposite you at a, at a table or something, but we can't Mm -hmm. do that. Right. And I would pass you the card deck and ask you to shuffle them for as long as you like in any way that you like until you feel satisfied. And while you're doing that, to think of a question or um, a problem that you're having in your life or just something that you want to know more about, something that you're interested in um, and want to get some insight on. Okay. So instead of that, I am going to shuffle them for you while you think of something and you let me know when you'd like me to stop. Okay. Are you shuffling them? I sure am. Oh, okay. I can't hear it. Make some cards. Yeah, I can't hear it. So I was like, everything just went (laughs) dead. And there we go. There we go. There's the card slappings. All right. Let me start thinking on my question. I'm going to think very hard. Okay, now. Okay. So then I would do this other thing that probably, I don't know, my mom is the person who taught me how to read tarot cards and she's like way into mysticism and she probably believes all this stuff, but that's cool. To me, it's, it's sort of a, like, um, it's sort of a sleight of hand thing. So what I would have you do next, if you were here with me is I would, you, I would say before you give me the cards back, you put the deck down and cut it into four piles, any size you like with your left hand. I would tell you, I would specifically say, do it with your left hand. And then I would say, put them back together in any order you want, again, with your left hand. And then when you've done that, I would say, now put them in my left hand. And then the spell would be complete. And I don't know why this is part of the spell, but it feels like a very important part of it. It does. I'm sitting on my right hand right now so that I can't do anything with it. So That's great. I'm, I'm pre- pretend that I'm cutting the deck with my left hand. Okay. And I just did it anyway for you, too. So. And then I'm going to put them all back together with my left hand. Okay. And now I'm putting them in your left hand. Thank you. Uh, so I'm just going to draw you. the top three right off the top here. Oh. Uh-oh. Oh. I don't know if those are good O's right. or bad O's. I know. No, what does this, this mean? is really cool. Um, I'm going to take a photo of this spread and upload it to our Discord so that you can awesome. take a look at them. Um, because these are some extremely portentous cards that have been drawn. Ooh. These are like important. Okay, hold on one second. I would just like to add some commentary here. And so now we see that Max, the reader, is pulling out words like portentous. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Shut up. We'll probably get like auspicious in there or something. And, you know, <laughs> some big, big words that mean something. Whatever I want them to at this point. That's because Max is an intuitive exactly. and uh, they, yes. they know all about the... Ooh, the, your deck oh, is really Oh, this is really a gorgeous pretty. deck, Max. This is so, so this is the pretty. tote deck. And Morgan, you you seeing two of these three cards are probably like also understanding why I was going, oh, yeah. that's another part of the spell <laughs> is if I look seem amazed, then the person I'm reading will be like, whoa, what? What's going on? Um, <laughs> exactly. So when you do it. Th- um, how do you spell? How do you spell the name of this deck? T-H-O-T-H. But you pronounce both of the T-H's oh, okay. just T. 
Okay, that's right. Okay, perfect. Thank you. So you can do a three-card spread any way you like. Uh, you can interpret all three as part of one thing, or you can do what I like to do, which is uh, simply attribute past, present, future to them from left to right. Okay, that's my Let's favorite do it. way. So in the past position is the Ace of Cups, and Morgan talked about cups as one of the minor arcana suits. And cups are the... They represent the elemental nature of water. So like... Uh, typically in a sort of doctrine of signatures in a sort of like four humors kind of way, the, the, the water element represents emotion and deep feeling and like gut level stuff like that. It's, there's no intellect, there's nothing concrete about it. It's the stuff that happens inside of you that you feel like you don't have any control over. Okay. Um, and the numbered, the cards are numbered one to 10 and then there's royalty, but we don't need to worry about those. Um, right now and the one to ten is kind of a story it's kind of a like an ebb and flow where the odd numbers typically represent an escalation of some kind and even numbers represent a kind of balancing okay Uh, the exception is the ace which is the sort of like the purest possible sense of that element and the ace of cups then is all about the like purest possible idea of uh, the expression of emotion. It is the, the wellspring at the center of your being where all of your emotion comes from. As you can see in the card, like there's a lot going on, a very busy design, lots of waves and colors and shapes. And it kind of represents the like incredible potential of emotion. Okay. So seeing this in the past position kind of says to me something about like maybe in the past there was something that caused a big emotional rethink for you sort of had you start back at the beginning from what maybe what you knew about a certain thing or how you felt about a certain thing or a certain place or whatever. Okay. Um, okay. That at the time may have may not have been traumatic, but it was certainly felt like a revelation. Yep. Okay. No, I, I, and I know exactly what my brain is connecting to that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The second position there would be the present. And this is a really, really important card. I mean, they're all important, but this is the 22nd card in the major arcana, the universe, also known as the world in most decks, Mm -hmm. but they called it the universe in this one. And this image is probably very hard to decipher just because this one is so thick with symbology that it's like teasing any one thing out of this is kind of difficult. Yeah. But uh, the major arcana, just like the suits tells a story, it starts at zero, goes to 22 and zero is the fool. And you see a picture usually of a guy um, just sort of strolling along without a care in the world. And he's got a cliff edge at his feet. And the story is about the fool falling off of the cliff and then having to sort of come back to the top, but he meets all of these people and has all these experiences and uh, returns to the world a changed person. And that's why it's called The World, is because it's about unity with the things that are surrounding you and acknowledging the amount that you've changed and how the way you've changed reflects on your environment and vice versa, how your environment changes you and how there's sort of a chicken and egg nature to that, where, okay. where you're, you and your environment are both constantly changing in small ways, uh, so much so that, you know, five, ten years down the road, you might, you're unrecognizable to, to who you were. And, and right. perhaps even the places you surround yourself with, even if you didn't change your environment, perhaps even those places have changed too. So that okay. in the present is, represents a sort of closing of a journey um, that changed the way you see yourself in relation to the world, I guess. Okay. 
Okay, I can make that connection. Well, and especially having seen it, seeing this after the Ace of Cups is really interesting because it's it it speaks to a journey completed, but not necessarily one that is like it's not the fool to the universe. It's the ace of a suit to the universe, if that makes right. sense. Like there's, there's a, there's a disconnect that happened somewhere where it wasn't quite exactly what you expected. Maybe um, right. but things are definitely different now. Um, and the future is the two of swords, which is called peace in this deck. And the, this, you can see what I mean, I guess, by how the tote deck is very like evocative and yeah. emotional. Um, because there's a lot going on here. The swords are crossed and there are two sort of smaller swords in the background mm -hmm. that are both pointing upward. Um, the two of swords, the two of any minor arcana represents taking that initial burst, that, that wellspring from the one and crossing it so that it is more focused and less like effusive, less, um, less diffused. And so okay. this is the idea of that, but applied to swords, which are the element of air, which in that kind of doctrine of signatures way represents um, thought and applied action and tactics and strategies and that kind of thing. Okay. So this is the two of swords, which represents taking that, that force of like willful action that is totally directionless and maybe applying a kind of focus to it, applying a sort of put, putting a lens on this laser that makes it, that tightens the, uh, the aperture just a little bit. Um, not in a, not in a extremely specific way because there's only the two. It'll get more and more specific as it goes on. By the time we're like at the eight and the 10, it's pretty darn specific. But at this point, it's like you've had inspiration and now it's taking shape. Now now it's not just inspiration anymore. It's like the beginnings of a plan as well. And that's in the future. So that's, okay. um, that is a good thing to see in the future. That is a good, like a, a, a balanced thing to see in the future, as opposed to something like the three of swords, which is about, you know, utter failure and defeat and, you know, yeah. being, being left out in the rain. Yeah, no, this is much better than that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, how do you feel? I feel pretty good. Am I allowed to say what I was thinking about? Um, or if does that, is it like a birthday wish where if I do that, it doesn't come true? Well, what do you think? <laughs> do you, it, to you, does it line up in that way? Um, no, I think I can tell you guys and I okay, don't think, yeah, then, I don't think it'll matter. Can. Um, so there's Morgan knows this. There is a mentorship program that romance writers of America mm. is, uh, starting up in 2020 and I am, my, my kind of like quest, it wasn't a specific like question with a question mark at the end, but I have a, a work in progress that I've been in revisions on that I want to submit mm. to this mentorship program in February. And every time I sit down and start to do it, I end up with something come up, either the kids need me or mm. we're, you know, I get a project at work or something, you know, I've got more podcast editing that I need to do. Um, or I'm just too tired and I can't brain right now. So my, my kind of question was like, am I going to be able, to find the focus and like get my shit together to get this revision done enough to actually submit it to this thing. So and I think the answer is if you have a plan, then you'll be halfway there. Halfway is better than nowhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Magic. I'm yeah. glad I could help. Uh, it sounds like that was somewhat helpful. Yeah, no, it is. That's the other awesome. thing. You always should ask at the end of a tarot reading, I feel like, was that, how do you feel? Was that helpful? Yeah. Was that yeah, helpful? If not, good. maybe we draw more cards. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's cool. like, I don't know. I love, I love that that made sense to you, Aaron. Yeah. And I think that that's another cool thing about 
tarot cards and symbology and stuff is that like everything Max said was pretty general. Like it just like they were just explaining the way that the cards work, like the way that these ones work. And, and, but for you, like you were able to draw those connections because that's how our brains work and be like, yeah, this is a very specific thing to me. And it, it also feels like maybe you were able to learn something about your situation by looking at it in that different perspective, which I know I already said, but it's kind of cool to be like, here's how it works. IRL, you know, like it's just very neat to me. So that's really cool. I agree. That was cool to watch. Thank you for doing that, Max. I really appreciate that. I'm so happy that it made you happy. It did. It made me happy. Well, folks, um, I know that everybody listening to this found you thought you were utterly charming um, and would love to listen to more of your work. Mm-hmm. All of us. Because we're... <laughs> okay, fine. I'll go first. So <laughs> I <laughs> I am Morgan Spatola, and you can find me on any social media at Morgan Spatola, which is S-P-A-T-O-L-A. And I am a co-host on The Broads and the Bees, where we talk about sex and sexuality. And I think we do a pretty good job you of do. it. You do. You do an excellent job I of it. I think so too, yeah. Your podcast is Thank great. You. Thank you. Um, I wow. am Erin King. I am on all social media at Unabashedly Erin. And I'm on just like a whole pile of podcasts. Um, but you do many. When is, when is this episode airing? Oh. Wednesday, I think. Okay, so shortly after this episode airs, uh, we, J- my, my co-host James and I will be dropping, um, two new podcasts. One is called Crossroads Minute, where we watch the Britney Spears movie Crossroads, uh, Love one that. minute at a time. Uh, so those are going to be week, uh, every weekday episodes, relatively short, usually 10 to 15 minutes. And then we are also going to be dropping a once a week podcast called Thanks for the Lyrics that, uh, Tracy from, as that I think everybody knows from Scavengers Hunt and Apotolesma, um, is going to be joining us on later in that show. We It is a Fallout Boy discography podcast where we take one line from each song and talk about it for a little bit of time. And once we start uh, their second album, Take This to Your Grave, Tracy's going to join us. So, yeah. so I'm really looking forward to both of those dropping. And that, those will both be dropping in January. I'm Max Newland. You can find me on Twitter at Max underscore. And there's no underscore in it, but you write the word underscore. <laughs> and I'm on Instagram is dull substance. And I post so rarely that you get notifications about it when I do. So you'll always know. Oh, fun. Yeah. It's such a treat whenever you post something. And you can listen to me talk on insanely haunted, which is a podcast I do with my partner, Cassie, where we watch the worst ghost hunting show in the world, ghost adventures. And we talk about every episode and on fan and ball, which is a show about fandoms and fan culture in the communities that surround the things we love. And I do that with my friend, Beth also on the scavengers network. And it's great. I admit I have not listened to insanely haunted yet, but fan and ball is my jam. Fan and ball is my like smart people podcast. <laughs> and insanely haunted. I was on insanely haunted. It was fun. Yeah, it's really fun. We just fart into the mic. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. uh, we're almost to a hundred episodes, which is like really blowing my mind. Wow. wow that's wild. Congratulations. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, of course, right. listen well, to scavengers uh, network, you know, thanks to scavengers network for doing all please. this and Colin and Tracy yes. and everybody. And, yeah. And thank you, Max. And thank you, thank Aaron. You. For thank you. Doing this with us. Yeah. It was yeah, wonderful. Was really so, cool. Yeah, so with that, let's um, end it. Good How night. How do we do that, Aaron? Uh, oh, good night. Yeah, I guess we just say bye. Bye.
The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.